Hi everyone and welcome to episode 10 of the Spark Podcast. My name is Jack, I'll be your host, and today we're going to talk about names. Now since I've kind of fucked up the introduction <laughs> just a little bit, I'm kind of off, but we're going to keep powering through it anyway. Um, names are something that always have always kind of fascinated me because I've always had a, a very common name like Jack. It doesn't really get more common than that. Maybe John is a bit more common than that, but that's... Uh, Jack is a derivative of John, so I feel like I'm one of the Johns. But I think names are important. Um, they're what we we use to refer to one another uh, and interact with other humans. It's the automatic question you ask when you meet someone new: "What's their name?" It's a piece. It's the first piece of personal info you learn about another person. Uh, it's one of the more fundamental elements of human interaction. Uh, your name precedes you in life and follows you in death. People will remember you by your name. Um, names humanize and differentiate us and they deserve more credit than they get. It is one thing in your life that you cannot lose. Uh, we use our names as our signature to make deals uh, and fill out forms and finish documents. If you wrote anything but your own name, which is given to you arbitrarily in place of a signature, it, it doesn't count. Unless you've legally changed your name, obviously. But that's then your name. So names have a lot of importance in day-to-day -day life. Um, there are meanings behind names. Uh, Jack means man because it's derivative of John, and John means man. But Jack also means a device to lift a car. <laughs> if anyone's ever used a... Or if anyone has ever changed a tire, you've used a jack in your life. Um, <laughs> and there's there's always the the thing that people usually ask sarcastically, is would you rather be a name or a number? The, the answer is so obvious that we want to be referred to by our names rather than number 4,647. You know, I'd prefer to be called Jack. It would be a, It's a lot easier <laughs> to remember a name than it is to remember a number. It's in certain circumstances. But nobody wants to be just a number. Um, names are quite powerful, I believe. Like, if I'm ever... I'm, I'm very bad at hearing. My hearing is terrible. Uh, I blame it. I blame listening to music at top volume for years when I was a teenager and <laughs> I've fucked up my ears for the rest of my life now but if I'm ever like passing conversation and I don't hear any of it but if someone says the word Jack it's like a switch in my brain goes and I know I'm like what are you talking about me or you know things like that it also gets confusing because like you can have headphone jacks or like care jacks that I said earlier Jack means a lot of things <laughs> there was a book that I read a series of books, actually, um, written by an Irish author named Derek Landy. Um, they're kind of children, young adult books. They're called, uh, well, the series is called Skullduggery Pleasant. It's a magic thing. Um, basically, there's a skeleton who can control the elements, and he teaches a little girl to control her. It's kind of like a very loose Harry Potter thing, but a bit more scary. I think a little bit... Mm, I wouldn't say better, but different. Um, hard to compare. But in it, there's a kind of a theme throughout it that your name has power. 
and the main character Stephanie has to change her name because she's entered this magic world and if they knew the name that was given to her they would be able to control her in some sort of a way so she changed her name to Valkyrie um, it's, it's, a bit of, it's a bit of an aside thing but I thought it was interesting <laughs> there's also a third name that she has that is a unique to every person if you learn that name of someone you get to control their entire life or something like that I don't know I can't remember it was it, I read it like 15 years ago <laughs> um, but the, the thing that prompted this is what I, I was at a christening over the weekend and I don't think it's weird but I think it's a, a it's a very human thing that we want to get together and celebrate and the naming of a child and it got me thinking that maybe there's like different ways they do it all around the world and there's a lot of different ways they do it um and there's a lot of different traditions around the actual names that are given uh in india for example uh one common system uses the family name um this means that the first male child is named after the paternal grandfather and the second male child is named after the maternal the maternal grandfather and so on and the girls being named after their paternal and maternal grandmothers. Um, in addition to this, in southern India, a father's name is used as a surname, which causes a lot of confusion. <laughs> in northern parts of India, um, every star... I thought, th I thought this was really cool. In northern parts of India, every star is associated with a letter of the alphabet. And a child's name begins with the letter... Uh, that corresponds with the constellation he or she is born under. Um, in the south, some in some places, excuse me, in some places in the south, the, the child is actually named after the constellation itself, or a, a variation of the name. Um, this is how the author of the article I was reading about this got her name. Um, she's named after the star Anuradha, uh, which is the constellation. Scorpio. I may have completely butchered that name. I don't know Indian at all. Um, <laughs> but it's it's kind of it's a different thing, and there are different thing. There are different ways of naming people all over the world. In Costa Rica, for example, uh, in the past it was very common for Costa Rican children to receive three or four names. They'd be John Paul Patrick or something. Well, I imagine more Costa Rican, but they were often uh, names of the saint that were correspondent to that day so it may actually have been john paul patrick um but nowadays they've they've actually cut down on giving them loads of names because it's very confusing <laughs> um some sections of turkish society still give babies names um as part of the religious ceremony uh the name which has been selected beforehand is given at a meeting held specifically for that person for that purpose um and the clergyman are respected devout individual gives the call to prayer and whispers the name of the baby into the baby's ear three times and then the baby gets its name uh, in Indone indonesia the naming system is pretty straightforward um, there's only birth order is the determinant of the name given there are four options for your firstborn i'm going to murder these <laughs> they're bad uh, they're maybe like not what i pronounce at all but it, what it looks like is Wyan, Putu, Gide, or Nenga. That's the four names you can have for your firstborn. These are all um, 
I suppose, gender fluid names. They can be for a boy or a girl. Um, the most common ones are Wayan and Putu. Um, so you, you're going to meet a lot of people named Wayan and Putu in Indonesia. Um, for the second born baby, it's either Made or Kadek. The third born baby can be Nyoman or Komang. And the fourth born baby is always Ketut. Um, they often only use one name. Um, in Indonesia where there's for example like there's no family name which means that there are a lot of Wayans and Putus and there's nothing else to differentiate between <laughs> their names there's no family name that they use they may use Wayan son of Wayan but there's probably a lot of Wayans son of Wayans and Putus son of Wayans and I don't know how they deal with that at all um, Nigeria if you've ever met a Nigerian person they've got some of the more expressive names that I've come across well in my brief research on this podcast um, they're often the names often express the parents expectations for the child or the circumstances surrounding its birth um, for example former Nigerian president the former Nigerian president's name was good luck Jonathan and his wife was patient Jonathan um, there are also names like Abiodun or Odoneo, uh, which acknowledges the closest, the closeness of child's birth, uh, the closeness of a child's birth to celebrations like Easter, Christmas, or the New Year. Um, while Abosede refers to girls born on a Sunday. So, if you're a girl born in Nigeria on a Sunday, your name is probably going to be Abosede. Um, but there are also different ceremonies around the world around these names that are very individuals are very individual to certain areas of the world like there wouldn't be a lot of Sean's outside of Ireland I suppose maybe a lot of Sean's spelled S-H-A-U-N in um, America the bastardization of the name Sean without the fada because <laughs> it's difficult to spell um some naming ceremonies around the world i have them in alphabetical order here because i'm i was pretty organized on this podcast <laughs> there's a lot to get through and i think i'm flying through it so um the the wick munkan tribe in northeastern australia carries out the naming ritual during the actual birth of the baby the midwife calls out the names of the child's living relatives one by one and the name chosen is the one being called out at the moment of the final stages of the birthing, uh, when the placenta is removed from the mother. Um, there's a special bond between the child and the relative whose name is given. Um, soon after, a ritual is held to protect the baby's health, where special leaves are burnt by the mother and grandmother, with the child being held near the purifying smoke. I don't know what's very purifying about smoke, but... A lot of these, um, not that don't make, not, a lot of these traditions are strange, and I don't know if they make sense to hold a baby over smoke, but um, I mean, more power to them. Who am I to stop them? <laughs> uh, in Buddhist um, families, when a baby is born, monks are invited into the house to bless the baby and chant from the holy texts. Um, based on the exact time and date of the birth, an astrologer will draw a horoscope and inform the parents about the initial that the name should begin with um, the parents will then choose the name accordingly within one month of birth 
The baby is brought to a temple for blessing and placed in front of the statue of Buddha. Offerings of flowers, candles and incense are made and the monk blesses the child, announcing his or her name. Uh, in some forms of Buddhism, sacred threads are tied around the baby's wrists to welcome Kwan, uh, a spirit that looks after babies. Um, so it's a very spiritual kind of ceremony. I mean, I mean of course, a lot of these are because they're all based around certain religions. Um, in Chinese culture, it is considered unlucky for a baby to be properly named before birth. Um, so you can't think of a name. Well, I suppose you could think of a name before um, while you're pregnant, but I w like it's unlucky to actually give it the name. Uh, the meaning of the name is usually personal and known only to the parents. Um, the name could represent an aspect of nature, the environment, or even mystical qualities. Uh, newborn babies sometimes get a plain, ugly, or meaningless name to trick evil spirits into ignoring them, which I think is kind of mean on the baby. <laughs> uh, later on, at a more notable stage in life, they are given an adult name. Although the baby's personal name is chosen soon after the birth, the celebration takes place after a hundred days have passed. The hundred days party is to celebrate the baby's survival of the crucial first three months, and guests are served with special foods and tea. Um, all children, all Chinese children, excuse me, uh, of one generation share the same middle name, and there is a cycle of 24 generation names. It can take several hundred years to go through the cycle. Uh, when the baby is a year old, another custom is car carried out. Uh, the baby is offered a tray of objects relating to different professions, such as a paintbrush, uh, a farm tool, medicine, money, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it is believed that whatever the child grasps will be his or her future pro future profession, which I think is kind of nice. Just offer him a couple of, a couple of things and hope he picks up the one you like. <laughs> um, in Christian societies... Uh, which is one that I have grown up around and all my traditions are based on. Um, usually the baby is named and blessed after a few weeks or months following the birth. Um, the traditions vary with each branch of the church. Uh, some have a baptism or christening, uh, while others have a service of blessing and thanksgiving. Um, there may also be a baptism as part of a confirmation service when they are older, uh, for a christening, the family gathers in the morning at a church and the baby is dressed in white, in a white christening gown. Uh, it's often passed from one generation to the next. I know families who have had them for decades <laughs> and they're like old, they're really well taken care of. You think they'd be old and tattered, but these are just things that are passed from baby to baby as families go through life and time. Um... It's good to see him. It's nice to see him every now and again. It's a nice tradition. I like it. Um, the parents have to choose the godparents who will help the child to live as a Christian and will act as guardians in the absence of the parents. Um, the priest asks the parents to give the Christian name they have chosen for the child. Uh, the priest then says a prayer of blessing over the water in the font and then pours some of the water on the baby's head, uh, making the sign of the cross. This symbolizes purification and a fresh start of life. Um, then the priest calls the baby by name and welcomes him or her to the Christian church and the community. The a record of the christening or baptism is recorded in the church's register, 
which is traditionally how births were documented before uh, official records began, like birth certs and all that. So the church had all the names. Uh, there's usually a celebration at home or in a hired venue where gifts are given to the baby. Objects made out of silver, such as spoon and rattles, are considered particularly lucky. And those parties can be fucking wild, man. <laughs> There's a lot of drinking usually goes on. And that may just be Irish christenings, but they're usually good crack. Um, there are several ceremonies to do with the birth of a child in Hinduism. After the birth, prayers are said at the temple of the child's future health and happiness. At the Sorry, at the temple for the child's future health and happiness. Throughout the pregnancy, the mother reads and recites from the Hindu scriptures so that they have a positive influence on the unborn baby. Soon after birth, an auspicious word, Aum, is written in honey on the baby's tongue. Uh, the exact time of birth is noted and a pundit cal- calculates the lucky initials for the baby according to the corresponding astrological constellation. So again, there's a lot of stairs being brought into this um same with the buddhism and the hindu these are all kind of indian culture things like i was talking about earlier the family then has to decide on a name beginning with one of those initials after 40 days the baby is taken to a hindu temple uh for the namakarama or naming ceremony to begin i may be butchering these pronunciations but hopefully i'm not namakarama looks i mean it looks good (laughs) um it sounds kind of, I may be saying it in a very bad way, but Namakarama is their naming ceremony. The priest announces the name and says prayers for the long life, health and well-being of the baby. Blessed water is sprinkled on the baby and a few drops of amrit, which is uh, sweetened water, are put on the tongue. When the baby is about six months old, there is another ceremony. Uh, it's an anaprasana when he or she is given a first taste of cooked rice at the first birthday the baby's head is completely shaved for the first time as a symbol of leaving any bad deeds from the past life behind and making a fresh start in a new life um in humanist society um where people want to make a a new non-religious ways of celebrating the birth of their baby um humanists don't pray to a god but value the life of every human being uh they have a ceremony to celebrate a new life and the love of the parents friends and relatives gather to offer good wishes for the child and amongst the festivity festivities there may be readings of poetry and songs as celebration um it kind of sounds to me like anything kind of goes at a humanist ceremony and I, i that's i can get behind that idea as long as they're wishing well for the baby for its life and everyone gets along (laughs) which sounds very nice um the native people that live in the frozen arctic lands in north canada alaska and greenland uh, hold a naming ceremony called atik when the baby is just a few days old um atik means which means both name and spirit is the name of a family member who has died um, usually a beloved older relative, like a ga- like a grandparent. Uh, the Inuit believe in reincarnation and that the child receives the relative's spirit as well as his or her own, or as well as his or her name. Uh, so you would get the grandfather's spirit and with the name. That's kind of the idea of it. 
There are various ways of finding the right atik, which include a birthmark in the same place as the departed or a dream of the dead relative while the woman is pregnant. It is also believed that a baby who cries incessantly when born will stop crying once the right atik is given. So it's kind of a magical quality. Not magical, religious and mystical and all that good stuff. Boys in Japan are given a short, simple name soon after their birth, which they use until their teens. Uh, As they approach adult status, (laughs) there is a special ceremony where they are given a longer formal name to be used by everyone outside the family. Uh, A month after the birth, uh, the baby is taken to a Shinto shrine. The priest says prayers and waves a tamagushi uh, made of bamboo and white paper over the baby's head, symbolizing purity and a clean start to his life or his or her life. Um, In a Jewish community, a naming ceremony is held on the eighth day after birth for the boys, usually together with the ritual circumcision, which sounds painful. Uh, There is this is carried out at a home uh, at a synagogue. This is carried out at the home at a synagogue by an official called a mohel, or in more rec- <coughs> more recent times in a hospital by a doctor. It seems like something that I think should be carried out by a doctor if it's going to be done at all. I don't know if I agree with circumcision, but anyway, that's a different podcast. <laughs> According to tradition, only male relatives are allowed to be present when the circumcision is carried out. The baby is then welcomed into the community and his name is announced both in Hebrew and in English. Jewish baby girls can be named at any reading of the Torah, but increasingly families are are choosing to have a blessing at a synagogue, uh, followed by a celebration similar to that for boys. Uh, Each parent, parent, relatives and family and friends all say prayer for the babies, all say prayers for the baby's health and a happy life. Um, there are gifts for the baby, speeches about childhood, and a lavish meal for everyone. Uh, it is also traditional to plant a cedar tree for the boy and a pine tree for the girl. Later, when the child is old enough to marry, the birth tree may be cut down and to make a hoppa, uh, a cover on four poles under which the couple will marry, which is kind of nice. Kind of like that idea that you plant a tree when the child is born and it would grow with them. When they get married, they cut it down. (laughs) They cut it down and make something out of it. It's a good idea. Um, In Latvia, the baby's godparents host a name-giving ceremony or a krustaba nine days after the birth. Uh, It is held at the parents' home and lasts for two days. A baby girl who has two godmothers sorry a baby girl has two godmothers and one godfather while the boy has two godfathers and one godmother um they are chosen by the parents and are usually from among their relatives since it is believed that the child will inherit their godparents good qualities the parents choose them with care the ceremony begins in the morning with guests arriving with gifts for the baby and food for the feast guests wear their finest attire and the talk must be all on happy topics. Uh, during the actual ceremony, the godparents promise to care for the child. Uh, they are also the ones that select and bestow a name upon their godchild. Uh, there is a feast and dancing and gifts are given to the baby. The godparents also prepare a suitable cradle. 
and leave a special gift in it for their godchild. So that's kind of a strange one, is that the, the parents don't actually choose the name at all in Latvia. It's the godparents who pick the name, which is giving them a lot of fucking power. <laughs> if uh, you get to choose their name. Interesting. I mean, they're all different all over the world. Um, as soon as a Muslim baby is born, the father or grandfather whispers a prayer in its ear so that it is the first thing he or she hears. A child must be given a name within seven days and the parents may take suggestions from grandparents, other relatives or from the imam, which is the, the priest. Um, the names are usually chosen from the Holy Quran. Uh, within seven days, a ceremony called Akika is held in order to thank Allah or God. Uh, during the celebration, prayers are said and the baby's head is shaved. The hair is weighed and the family must then um, give at least the same weight in gold to charity. The baby is given a taste of honey as a symbol of the sweetness of prayer. There is a feast for friends and relatives with uh, one or two goats being killed and one third of the meat distributed to the poor as a way of thanks. Uh, if the child is a boy, he will be circumcised usually within two, three, two weeks of his birth. Although some Muslims leave this until the boy is at least four years old. Um, again, with circumcision, it's, it's a strange, strange tradition. Just cut off the tip of the penis for God knows what reason. I've no, I don't know. I don't know why it's there. I, anyway, we'll move on. Uh, for Native Americans, um, the Hopi, 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 H-O-P-I tribe of Arizona in Southwest USA have a special naming ceremony when the baby is 20 days old. Before dawn on the day, a large dish of corn and lamb stew is cooked over an outdoor fire. Uh, meanwhile, indoors, the baby is bathed and rubbed with a corn cob, which is a symbol for life for the, the Hopis. Hoppies? <laughs> I'm really fucking up that name. The Hoppies? Hoppies? Um, then each guest presents a gift to the child and rubs cornmeal on the child's forehead. Um, then just as the sun is rising, the grandmother takes the baby outside and while standing on a spe specially made patchwork quilt, holds him or her up to the sun and announces the name. All the guests return indoors and sit on the floor on quilts. A small portion of the lamp stew is served on a plate and placed outside the door as a symbol of thanks. Uh, to the earth for providing food. Everyone then shares the meal served with blue cornbread and sweet cornmeal pudding. Um, in Nigeria, uh, on the seventh day after the birth of a baby girl, on the ninth day for a boy, a name is chosen for the baby. Apart from the family name, the child is given several other names. Uh, one of the names describes the circumstances around the birth, as I said earlier. Um, like another one is uh, Idowu, uh, means child born after twins. Um, the parents also have a pet name that indicates what they hope for their child, such as Ayoke, meaning uh, one who is blessed. The oldest member of the family carries out the naming ceremony. Uh, relatives and friends attend wearing brightly colored clothes and bring presents of money and clothing. Musicians play drums and traditional poetry is recited. The baby is given a taste of honey to symbolize the wish for a sweet life. Then the parents announce the baby name and the relatives are invited to add extra names if they wish. A Yoruba 
child may end with 12 or more names, which is would be difficult to keep up with. So again, in Nigerian culture, there's a very, they have a very um, happy outlook on names that they, they wish a sweet life on them or good luck, literally the name good luck or patience, which is, you know, ideal. I'd love to, I think I'd enjoy a Nigerian naming ceremony. It'd be good fun. Um, the ancient nature-worshipping pagan tradition of saining uh, dates back to pre-Christian times and is held within nine days of the child's birth. Uh, family and friends stand in a circle in a clearing of woodland trees. Uh, the baby's name is spoken aloud for the first time and he or she is held up to greet the earth and the sky. After this, the baby is passed around the circle to be introduced to family and friends and a tree may be planted to symbolize the new life. Again, there's a lot of... Uh, symbols with trees here like with the jewish tradition so a lot of these a lot of these traditions come from the old pagan rituals of connecting with nature uh which i think is is beautiful and i, I really like that ceremony where you just lift them up to the earth and say hello baby say hello to the world you're going to be here forever <laughs> literally um the last one that i could find was the sikh tradition Uh, Soon after birth, a respected elder gives the baby a few drops of honey and water while reciting the first verses of the Japji Sahib, Sahib? Japji Sahib, a hymn by uh, Guru Guru Nanak, the founder of the Sikh faith. Um, As soon as the mother and the baby are well enough, a naming ceremony, a Namkaran, is held at the Guru Dwara. The Sikh place of worship. I may be fucking up these names, but that's the way it looks to me. Um, there is a reading from the Sikh holy book, uh, Siri Guru Granth Sahib, where the passage is selected by opening the book at random and reading the first words of a passage on the left-hand page. The first letter of the word at the beginning of this passage is taken as the first letter of the baby's name, which is then uh, chosen by the parents. All boys are given the same second name, Singh, uh, meaning lion, and for all girls, the second name is Kaur, K-A-U-R, meaning princess. Uh, As a way of giving thanks to the child, for the gift of a child, the child's parents present richly embroidered cloths named Rumalas to drape the holy book. Sweetened blessed water called Amrit is put on the baby's tongue. The baby also has a tiny steel bracelet called Kara put on its right wrist. Uh, the circular shape symbolizes God, who, like the circle, has no beginning and no end. Family and friends are given Kara Pashad, a sweet blessed food made with flour, sugar and clarified butter, far, followed by a communal meal or feast. And there's probably hundreds of other naming ceremonies that I couldn't find. Or just didn't have time to talk about really. Um, this has been a very <laughs> scripted podcast because there's so much in it, and there's no way I'm going to remember all of it. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed reading about it and finding out what names are given to people around the world and what the meaning behind them is. Because I, you will meet people 
from around the world. Like I know a man named whose second name is Singh, and now I know what it means. And it 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 just kind of lets me connect to them a bit more. He's a lovely fella. <laughs> I mean, I connect to him anyway, but I just know the meaning behind it, and I get to understand a bit of their culture a bit more without having to travel around the world. <laughs> which is the lazy man's way of doing it but I think I'm learning things on my own and that's the whole point of this podcast is so we learn things together without having to go anywhere you can just listen to me rant about things and talk about names names are important it's always something that you can base your life on because it's going to be there forever you can never lose your name that's what you have it's what was given to you at birth and stays with you till you die and it's what people are going to call you after you die. It's an eternal thing that is associated with you. You will always have your name. You can change it legally, but it's still going to be your name. And I think that's rather beautiful in a way. But anyway, I'm ranting. I'm going on a bit too long now. Um, we've, gone, we've gone past the half hour mark, but so for that, I want to say thank you for listening, and I will see you in the next one. I hope you enjoyed it. Bye-bye.